Hi, my name is Emily White Rubin, and I am an emotional educator, an emotional life coach, and a certified Daring Way facilitator in the work of Dr. Brene Brown. For many years now, I've watched our world label people's depth of feeling as a problem, as something to fix or mask, as anxiety, depression, as something is wrong with you. Our suicide rates continue to grow higher, and our addiction to drugs and numbing continues to increase. Many of us are hiding how much we feel because our culture can be so quick to shame or judge us for being too emotional. I witness someone apologizing for crying almost every single day. I believe that we need more emotional education, more tools, more support in being with how deeply we feel. I don't have all the answers, but I want to be in the big messy questions. How do we cause less harm in our big waves of feeling like rage, grief, anxiety, or fear? I'm here to help people learn how to be there more for themselves and for others emotionally. Welcome to Feeling Deeply. Welcome to Episode 3. I'll offer the invitation to take a simple pause together now. And just as a reminder, this pause is designed to help us get a little more information about how we're doing and what we might need to take better care of ourselves. So we'll pause now and check in with how we're feeling. And in the midst of however you're feeling, What's it like to bring your attention to what's underneath you right now? Could be the ground, the chair, an airplane, a train, a moving vehicle. What's it like to bring your attention to that contact underneath you? Does it affect at all how you're feeling? And if you like, thinking about letting that contact in just a little bit more in this moment. What's it like to let that contact support you just a little bit more? I am so honored to have Ivy Chim as my guest today. She grew up in Hong Kong and now lives in Brooklyn, New York. She is a childhood abuse and neglect survivor and a sibling incest survivor. She's a trained breathwork teacher and currently pursuing a master's of social work degree at Fordham University. Her intention is to provide the tools of psychotherapy and breathwork to support and hold safe space for trauma and sexual abuse survivors on their paths to healing. 
Her website is ivymoonheels.com. And I'm particularly grateful to Ivy because she is living and breathing this work. And instead of just talking about feelings like anger and shame in this podcast, we will explore more directly some ways of how to be with and process them together. She will also lead us through a seven-minute exploration of the breathwork, which she has found to be so effective in processing deep feelings. And I want to thank you so much, Ivy, for being here. Thank you, Emily. Thank you for creating a space to be here with me today, too. I'd love to start by talking a little bit about, you shared with me that your family is from Southern China and that you were raised in Hong Kong. Yes. And I'm curious what it was like, uh, emotionally speaking, to be raised in China Mm -hmm. for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was when I was born and raised in Hong Kong and that at that time Hong Kong was still a British colony. Mm. So it has a mix of Chinese and Western culture. Um, and there were lots of oppression. That's how I felt growing up. In our culture it's value men and boy much, much more than woman and girl. Mm. Um, and then with the Western influence also um, kind of erasing our own roots in, at, some, at some level. So, um, and also I, I wasn't... Um, growing up in a happy family. So that has a lot to do with feeling oppressed, uh, feeling not being seen, not being heard, feeling that I didn't matter, uh, I wasn't worthy. Um, Yeah. Mm. Also in our culture, we are very distant. In terms of emotional, nobody talks about emotion. Nobody talks about feelings. Um, And then the distance between my parents and I are very large. And they don't express themselves in a physical, touching way. They never touch, or not touch. Well, no, they hold my hands when I was little, but they wouldn't give me a hug. We wouldn't say good night to each other, and they are also not very emotionally in touch with themselves too. And I don't remember a lot about my mom because she always worked two jobs when I was growing up. I don't. Mm-hmm get to see her very often and then my dad was there physically but he was always emotionally checked out and he never 
really make the effort to foster a father-daughter relationship. Most of the time, I remember him as a very cold man who would just read his newspaper, listening to his radio, um, seldom talk to us. And whenever he talked to us, it's more like task-based. Like, oh, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Oh, why don't you go eat? Why don't you go um, study, take a shower? He has never asked me, how's your day? Hmm. Um, yeah, so that was, that was, um, has a very negative impact on my life, even now. Hmm. Would you share with me, Ivy, a little bit about how you've noticed that impact or how you see that affecting your life now? Yeah. So I suppress all these feelings um, when I was growing up because it wasn't allowed to express. And when we suppressed our emotion and eventually it explodes, <laughs> not yeah. in a good way. Yes. Um, yeah, so, um, so in one of my uh, relationship breakup, and I just decided um, it's, something is wrong. Something is not, is not working. Something is not working with the relationship, but also something is not working with me. And that I didn't know what it was, so I was trying to figure it out, and I went to... Um, therapy, I started doing yoga, and that was my earlier tool to help myself connect to my body, to become more aware of my emotions, and that's how I realized my low self-esteem, my self-doubt, depression, anxiety is all rooting from my growing up. Hmm. And is there anything else that you want to share about what really affected you in growing up in your unique story? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of neglect and abuse happening in my family. As I said, uh, my mom wasn't at home very much, and then my dad wasn't paying attention at all. And whenever my dad tried to talk to me, it's more in a very manipulative way, so he's uh, very controlling. And then I also have a brother who is 10 years older than me. I don't talk about him very much because he is He's the person who traumatized me the most. So I'm also a sibling and incest survivor. And that that was an that was just there was so much shame 
coming up right now. Mm. Um. Ivy, shame being such a powerful emotion and something actually that in the world of feeling deeply is really important to me uh, because it is often hidden and it brings up a lot of those deep feelings and very visceral experiences in the body that um, can feel very overwhelming. And so I just want to give space for that because you're you're mentioning that you're experiencing some of that now and how natural that is when we touch on these experiences that go so deep in how they've affected our lives the courage you're having right now to put words to them as we're recording this for other people to listen to is a real thing because you're not alone in it. And yet there aren't a lot of people, there aren't a lot of examples right out there of people really talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really thankful for you creating this space because that, silencing that secrecy it make it what makes the shame even more intolerable um, yes and i'm just curious in this moment if there's anything you need anything that you want to say or express or anything you want to give your body to care for yourself uh, or we can pause, but to just see if there's anything you need because you are having this experience right now. Yeah. I definitely feel a blockage. <laughs> I feel almost like I, almost like I don't know how to express myself again. It's, it's I know that it is safe for me to share my experience, to express my feelings right now in this moment. And somehow my body is telling me the other way. Yes. That I cannot ignore. It's the constriction here right on my soul that is very loud and clear. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's actually very, very beautifully and clearly expressed. And I don't want to leave our bodies behind. Uh, Something that feels really important to me around deep feelings and shame being one of the hardest is that the body gets activated. So just give yourself a few moments, as much time as you like right now to honor your body and to not rush past that your body might need a little time to catch up and realize that you're safe. And I'm going to just follow you on this. And if there's things you want to say, you can, or if you want to just guide yourself a little bit internally, just feel free. Yeah. um, Emily, actually, I want to yell. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, I'm just going to grab a towel so I can, my neighbor won't complain. (laughs) Yes. Beautiful. 
Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it's very freeing. Um, just being able to have my voice and letting the energy out to clear that blockage. It feels really, really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can deeply relate in my own experience. Mm -hmm. And I just love that that was where you went and said, this is what I need right now. And went and gave that to yourself. It's just, uh, it's so affirming towards what I'm seeing in all of this grassroots research that I'm doing around deep feelings and intensity of feeling, how beneficial it is to actually let sound help move energy. Yeah. And if there's anything more you want to say about how it feels or you know, how you've noticed that this can be supportive, I would welcome it because... Again, I just think it's something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Yeah. Um, when we were talking about um, my brother earlier, that my whole body freeze. It brought me back to this day where I have to zone out. I have to shut myself down. I couldn't move. I couldn't scream i couldn't yell i couldn't say stop i couldn't push him away i couldn't do anything and that it's storing in the body all these years so when that came up um instead of keep keep pushing it down keep pushing it away i know that i have to find a way to let it out that um I have every right to express myself. I have every right to be present. And that that yelling, it's really helped to get all that anger, that resentment out of my body, that secrecy, that silence around my soul. And now that I don't have to be silent again, I don't have to be silent anymore. And that yelling actually comes from the breath work that I learned from David Elliott. Is when we are doing the breath, and then at some point we'll invite, invite us all to make some noise. Maybe sometimes it's laughing, but a lot of time it's yelling and or crying, and just to get those energy out of our body, being able to create that space for ourselves and our feelings again. Mm. And that has been really effective for you. Yeah. The, that practice and the breath work, you've found that to be something that's really supported your processing of your trauma and of so much that got oppressed from your childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to tell us a little bit about David Elliott and where this practice of breathwork comes from? Yeah. 
Um, so I, I stumbled upon breathwork uh, back in 2017. I wasn't in a good emotional state because of a breakup. That I stumbled upon the, a breathwork workshop and the topic of that workshop is letting go. Uh, it's very appropriate. So some of my friends and I signed up and the breathwork facilitator was very enthusiastic and very passionate about the breath and I was just sitting on, on the other side of the room and I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I have no idea what she was, she was talking about. Um, so, um, and then here I was um, in that room um, and then she guided us um, through the process, laying down and getting into the breath and just something very magical happened during the breath and I was uh, just crying a lot, uh, releasing a lot of grief and sadness. And during that breath work, I also feel a lot of tingly, tingly sensation and vibration all over my body. And it also brought me to an alternative alternate conscious say that I've never experienced in that way. So after the breath work, I have a very different reaction. I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> wow. So that was a very profound experience for me. And I know it was a very profound experience for a lot of other people who have experienced breath work as well and and it was so what what struck me was that it was so accessible and so simple we what we did was just laying down and breathe but the release that it brought to me was something that beyond beyond description so i immediately know that i i want more and I want to learn more of what this is. So I, I went home and I did research. I went to a couple other breathwork circles and I decided to go to New Mexico to attend David healer training session. So that was a, a one week long. He has different level of training. And that week we learn more about the breath and how to hold space for other. And yeah, it was a really, really beautiful experience. And then the breath work itself is, it is an active form of meditation. And then it has uh, an active breathing phase and then and also a relaxation phase. And it doesn't have a name to the breath work. It's just called breath work. I know there are lots of other type of breath work out there. And the reason behind that, if you ask David, and this is his story, he would say um, because he believes that breath work belongs to everyone. Would you like to lead us in a little taste of the breath work experience? Yeah, absolutely. 
So moving into the breath work, first thing we can talk about um, how to set up a space uh, for you yourself to do the breath work. You need a surface that where you can lay down flat comfortably. It could be on your bed, on a couch, on the floor, on a mat. It doesn't matter. But we do want to keep our our chakra to be open so that we don't usually use a pillow. And if it is really uncomfortable for you, maybe lay a um, small towel or blanket underneath for support. But we encourage to just lay down without a pillow. Yeah, and of course, find a quiet place where you can have time for yourself uh, without being distracted or disturbed. And if you are living in an apartment and if you know that you have a lot of anger inside of you, you want to get it out, maybe get a pillow or a towel next to you so that you can grab and cover your mouth to give it a big yell to release the energy. Yeah, so the breath is going to take about seven minutes. This is what David developed as a daily practice. Usually we go into a session that takes somewhere between 30 to 40 minutes. And the seven minutes practice is more for daily spiritual practice that people can fit into their busy schedule. And of course here is that we can open up some space for people to get a very first taste of what breath work is like. And in doing the breath, all the, all the breath is doing through the mouth. So inhale and exhale through the mouth. And it is a two-stage breathing where we would do two inhale and one exhale. So the first inhale is going to be breathing through your mouth to your lower belly. The second inhale is through the mouth to the higher chest. And then the third is exhale through the mouth. So it would sound something like, and if you could, you can um, put your hands on your chest, one hand on your chest, one hand on your lower belly. So you can feel, feel the breath as you're breathing, breathing in and out. So it would sound something like So the first inhale to lower belly, second inhale to high chest, and exhale all through the mouth. And during the breath, you'll find your own rhythm and some Someone will find it easier to do it slower and someone will find it easier to do it faster. So it's totally up to, up to you to find your own pace and your own rhythm throughout the breath. So when you're ready, we can all start. In the beginning, I'll guide you. We'll do the rhythm together so that it's helping you to get into your own rhythm. So here we go. 
keep breathing and following your own rhythm. And breathe into your body, trusting your own breath, relaxing deeper into your body, and try to let go of your mind. And the beauty of this breath work is as you are focusing on your breath, it helps you to get out of your mind and into your body. start feeling some tingly sensation and I start feeling the energy is moving or vibrating it's totally normal you are breathing you may notice where the blockage blockage is in your body and you can breathe into the blockage it may be around your roots and second chakra where you have money issue, sexuality issue, creative problem, self-worth, or it may be around your heart. You may experience a lot of betrayal, grief, and loss, sadness, and you can say to yourself it is safe for me to feel it is safe to open my heart and you may feel blockage around your throat not being able to express yourself and all the unspoken words And if you would like, you can grab a pillow or a towel and cover your mouth and give a big yell, big release. Or you can give yourself a silly laugh and don't take life so seriously.
You have been breathing for five minutes now. So we can return to our normal breathing in and out through your nose. Just one inhale, one exhale through your nose. And just stay there, relax, and relax deeper into your body. And thanking yourself for being present, for doing the breath work today. starting to bring your awareness back to your body maybe wiggling your fingers your toe and slowly opening your eye and come back to your own space at your own time Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ivy, for leading us through that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being open to the experience, Emily. Yeah, it's it's amazing how the breath can help facilitate getting things unstuck. Yes. Many people have shared that the breath work is very effective in helping move the energy, move move out of stagnation and unstuck our emotions or release anything that that doesn't serve us anymore. Mm. That we can feel the moving of the energy and so that that we can make space for other things. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and I also particularly love that there's a place in the process for sound and yeah. to let out sounds, screams, yells, uh, mm-hmm. movement of sound. Anytime that a practice offers that, I always feel so grateful because even in the culture that I was raised in, that was not allowed either. It was uh, something that was considered to be bad, like you were out of control or Mm. um, there was a lot of judgment around making big sounds like that and letting sounds come out of the body in a really big way. Yeah, I totally can relate to you, Emily. I've held several uh, breathwork circles and I've seen um, a lot of people when they first come to the breath work, they're not very familiar with it. And that when I invite them to do some yelling and laughing, they're very hesitant. 
it will hold back and I'll have to do it with them to encourage them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, that is something that's missing in our culture that the freedom to express, to having your own voice. And it's the breath work, the practice of the breath work is such a powerful tool that creating that space and that allow us to to just be there with ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, I'm having these memories of when I was in my apartment in New York City, mm-hmm. sometimes I needed to let sound move. And if I don't feel safe, I'll often go out into nature where I know there's room and make some sounds. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very powerful tool for healing. Yes. And so simple. Yes. So simple, so available, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, if we can have space, a safe space to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some some of the tip is using towel or pillow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cover your mouth so the hopefully reduce some sound and let yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. And you're leading groups like this once a month, longer Mm -hmm. version of this practice once a month in Brooklyn, yes? Yes. We gather around and then we open the circle, setting intention for the night to see what needs healing that evening and then we'll get into the active breathing and then afterward we'll come back together to open sharing or if they have any questions and then we'll close the circle beautiful with all that you've lived through and the trauma that you've experienced and also being raised in the culture where you were, where you felt so oppressed. Has there been anything else that has been supportive to your healing? I found spirituality a really poor belief to me right now that's guiding me through the process. Because when I couldn't see the light, there is nothing else I can hold on to the faith, that hope, even though I couldn't see it at that moment, it's really the core piece that keep me together and keep me going. Well, who you are, what I know of you as a human being gives me so much hope for the human spirit. And I just want to thank you so much for your courage to follow that faith, even when it was very dark, to keep looking for your voice and your truth and the space for you, the space for you to be who you are. When you were just speaking so beautifully, Emily, about 
just being hurt when we're in such a darkness and we cannot see there is a light and hope. And I remember one of my dearest friend and soul sister, and she told me that even when I didn't know what happened at that moment, I didn't understand it. I didn't even know how I can trust when everything is just burning and nothing is working. You can't see the light. You can't see the star. You cannot see the moon. Is that just bow down to it, surrender into, just say, I don't know what it is, and, and it is okay too. That was so, so impactful, and I, I kept that in my heart. Every time when I'm in that darkness, where I cannot see, when I cannot, I cannot trust, almost like I, I don't know what to trust, what it is all about, and then I can just surrender and bow down to whatever it is. And being there, sitting with our feelings, our emotions. And that was one of the biggest lessons in my life. It seems so opposite of what the mind would think <laughs> um, or of what, you know, a lot of us maybe were taught to do when it's really dark and we're really struggling. Mm -hmm. And yet, mysteriously, I'm finding as well that that helps me. The bowing down, the surrendering helps me more than fighting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's so contrary to our culture where when somebody's telling you, oh, I have a hard time, um, or like there were moments I was crying and then I call my friend and I just couldn't stop crying. And most of the time they would just say, oh, it's going to be okay. And, you know, just keep your positive thoughts or, you know, you have been through this already. And that sometimes I don't find that very helping. It's, it's yes. not what I need moment. <laughs> and yeah, even with, I know they are there with all good intention and that, and this is our culture, our cultural conditioning of um, just being so uncomfortable around people who are expressing their emotion and what, what to do with it instead of sitting in that uncomfortable emotion with them. We just want to shut it down and you know, just look the other way rather than accepting our core emotion and that's our very own human nature. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Ivy. Thank you so much, Emily, for holding the space. You're welcome, Ivy. Thank you for holding the space with me. Thank you.
If you're interested in being notified about further podcasts, you can click subscribe wherever you like to listen. And the music from our breathwork today was Soaring by Kevin McLeod. If you'd like to find more of his music, or if you'd like more information about Ivy Chim and the breathwork group she's leading, check out our show notes at feelingdeeply.com slash podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening.